Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky. Welcome to the round 21 Sunday session, going through all eight games, going through all the results and I've got Johnny with me mate. Johnny, how are you? Very well mate. I've uh, just defeated my uh, head-to-head this week so uh, feeling good on top of the ladder. <laughs> mate, you got the minor premiership is basically wrapped up now just uh, just one more win and you can take out our defending champion in the process. It's a pretty sweet time to be uh, Johnny in our super coach draft league. Yeah, it'll be, it's it's always good to to take out one of the uh, old champions, just you know, to rub them out, give them early shower before the finals. <laughs> well, mate, look, it was a good week for you on the Super Coach field, but it was also good on the NRL field. Let's start with the first game of the round. It was the Knights twenty eight defeating the Broncos twenty. Not the most convincing game by your boys, but they came in there, got the job done, and they're into the top eight now. What's your thoughts? Are we in the top eight? I think we just got locked back out by the Titans, actually. Um, oh, on differential. On differential, yeah. We have a shit house differential. We've got minus oh, yeah, 139. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, it's a win. We'll take it. Uh, it probably isn't our best win. You know, at one point that game was 28 to 8. It finished 28 to 20. So we let in two late tries, just like we did last week against the Raiders. But you know, this time of the year, we just take any wins we can get. Yeah, I thought it was a big game for Clifford and Pierce. Uh, I thought the two halves really stood up. Obviously, scored the first two tries, two show and goes. Clifford off the right foot, Pierce off the left foot. You know, that's the combination that's got to click for you. I think, you know, KP's going to do his thing at the back. The Ford pack, we've said it all year. It's one of the better ones, even though it's underperformed. It's still, you know, just on name factor alone, it's really good. To me, this team just, I wish that you, obviously, Bradman Best had a pretty quiet game, but if they could shore up the other side of the field with Kurt Mann in that center spot, if you could, you know, you know, and obviously there's no Edric Lee who should have been a pivotal role player for you this year. You know, we, we, we said coming in, this draw that the Knights have, they should really go and win every game here, storm into the finals. And this was a good opening uh, game to do it. For the Broncos, put up a fight. You know, I think they are playing for Kevy. Um, and I think some of the guys like a Tessie New, who all reports is they've now re-signed him. Uh, so that's a good signing for next year, I thought. Herbie Farnworth, your boy, was amazing in this game. Every time he touched the ball, he looked dangerous. You know, obviously, no good Tony Staggs this week, so they needed one of those outside backs to really perform. I thought he did well. And I thought Corey Oates is having a really good end of the season as well. You know, he wasn't in favour. reads defensively. Yeah, it wasn't in favour at the start of the year. Under the high ball, he looks like he's really uh, solidified that. And like you said just then, the defensively is the biggest thing for him. You know, he was a renowned, you know, rush in, make the wrong decision, but he's you know, saved a lot of tries in that first 10 minutes, Nom. You know, you had the ball for the whole first 10 minutes and couldn't crack that line. It was really impressive from the Broncos. Yeah, that's right. Um, who would have thought Broncos and defense in the same sentence? But um, look, they, to their credit, they they defended really well this game. Um, you know, you could tell the Knights were getting really frustrated. We had like 20 tackles in, in, the, in their, um, in the, in 20, and we couldn't really crack them the first 10 minutes after back-to-back sets and um you know to their credit you know the only really thing that we could do was that show and go to you know split them through the middle but otherwise you know the edge defense looked quite steely yeah i think good signs for the broncos obviously they got adam reynolds coming up next year Kenny sags will be healthy so i think they're, they're looking forward to the future in these last couple of rounds they'll tinker with their side for the newcastle side again a good win 
they're just outside the air now on differential, but they've got a barnstorming run, so they can really make some damage. Let's go to the second game, Dom. It was the Raiders 20 defeating the Dragons 12. And this was, you know what, you know, these two teams, the Raiders, <laughs> they're coming on strong at the end of the season. You know, we did not believe in them in the middle half. They're stringing together some wins here for the Dragons. It's the same thing every year, you know, a promising start. The, a lot of people will point to the Paul Vaughan party as the downfall of this team, but I think it was happening a lot long before then. What are you seeing this game, mate? Yeah, the Dragons. Um, look, I think, you know, the, the finals hopes are pretty much dashed after this game. You know, this was a must-win game. They came up against, you know, the Raiders, which was another team, you know, fighting for that um, more important top eight spot. And, um, look, it, it's, you know, a lot of people do point to that Paul Warren barbecue. And, um, you know, like you said, they were probably slipping before that, but, geez, it was costly. Just having, you know, pretty much your whole team um, ruled out you know, over a period of a few weeks, you know, that you can't win games with you know, when your best players are constantly being rested or, you know, suspended. Yeah, and, you know, the recruitment of the Dragons, you know, one of the things we'll do, we'll do just at the end of the season is we'll kind of go through looking towards next year and projecting starters. You know, they're one of the... They're a side that should have a really good feeder system and they've got some young players that they've blooded this year, but to me, she's really on the spine. Matt Fiegi, uh looks like he's a, he's a real weapon. Uh, so I'm excited for him. He did crash that over the line again this week. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's nothing that I really want to get excited for for this Dragons team. But from the Raiders, Nom, you know, like we said, there was a real, you kind of think back to that Titans game at home where they got smashed and the fans were leaving after 50 minutes. And I actually did come out and say, I think that was a Saturday night. I said, by the Tuesday, if Ricky Stewart's still the coach, I'd be surprised. And to their credit, they've dug in deep. They've had a couple of really nice wins coming here. And they're now one of these teams that, in the eight, you know, if your team five and six, you do not want to see the Raiders in that first round. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, their their forward pack, I guess, you know, it's standing up, you know, you got Joseph Tarbonet, he's looking, you know, quite quite a weapon at, at prop actually, who would have thought? And then you got Rapana, who's their, you know, fifth string um fullback and you know he he's doing a really solid job back there for them. Yeah, hundred percent. I think they're starting to like it's it's been a very weird season for the Raiders. Obviously, you had George Williams in there, who was a primary playmaker. You had Josh Hodgson, who wasn't there all of last year. Tom Starling was the man. Jack Wyden, you know, obviously won the Dally M. No chance. A lot of changing in that spine. Very, very critical. Now, I think as they've gone through this season, they've really started to progress. And I think Rapana at the back is a no-brainer for the rest of the season. Jared Croker, who I thought was washed. Still defensively, he does have a lot of question marks, but He's that he does bring a bit of experience to this side, and I think they have really started to nail the Josh Hodgson Tom Starling partnership there. So, good signs for the Raiders. They're moving for the Dragons. You know that they're right. Their season's on life support now. They've got to really win out here. So, I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens because there's not a lot of real moves for them to get better next season. So this is a very very important last couple of rounds here but let's move on to the next game nom the last one on friday night sorry for me uh rabbits 40 defeating the eels 12 and i'll and if you don't mind nom, let me quickly start i just have a couple of couple of a few things off your chest yeah yeah i do um look i kind of knew what i knew we want to get uh steamrolled in this game um earlier this year when we were in some good form the rabbits steamrolled us happened again just a couple of things you know, when the, the couple of things that have been our issues the last couple of years, you know, outside backs, you know, defensive reads, 
we didn't improve it this year. And you saw this this game. You look at the tries. Mansell, Mansell, gay guy, Paulo, Paulo. Like all edge, all wingers. Mm. Um, you know, you look at the the way we attack. You know, Dylan Brown, I thought, would really blossom into our, you know, a, our secondary playmaker this year. Has not happened yet. Mitch Pierce, so predictable. You know, four fifth tackle. It's going to be a long kick if we're inside our half. Reed Marnie, we rush back from injury. Look what's happened. We've got no depth behind him. It's just frustrating because, you know, I was talking to Jason over the weekend. We had that, like, probably a two hour phone call just, you know, commiserating this Parramatta season. And it's just so predictable. The, the, the way that we start strong and, you know, we kind of, me and Jason were looking at the back end of this year and you looked at the draw, it was so tough at the back end. We needed to win those games early. We won for the majority of them, but there was a, a Dragons game we blew. There was a Manly game when Turbo was still on the cook that we blew. You know, all these different things that we just, you needed to kind of do then. You know, that Panthers game where Mitch misses the, the goal at the end of the game. These are all critical, critical points of the season. And to me, ugh, as a para fan, it's hard because, you know, if, if I was going for the Bulldogs or the Broncos this year, I know that we're not good enough. And, you know, if we don't get the win on uh, any any of the weekend, you know, it doesn't really hurt that much because, you know, we're not probably up there in terms of quality. But this Parramatta side, you know, we're perennial top four, top six, but just we, we, we're there. We can never beat these last three, four years. We get to the finals. We get steamrolled by Melbourne in the first round. We lose in the second round to a lesser team. It's just, it's what it is. I'll let you talk about the, what you kind of saw from that, but that's a very, a very upset Parramatta, Parramatta fan view. We're not even upset, just resigned to the fact that I know it's what's going to happen. Look, mate, I can, I can, I can feel the hurt coming through here. Um, I want to get your thoughts on what Maddie Johns, you know, floated that, you know, Brad Arthur, he's not going to be the man to uh, take power to a premiership. Have you heard this news or this um, sort of whispers about, you know, Look, the super coach, he's available next year. What's doing? Yeah, I, I, I've been saying it for about five weeks now. Brad Arthur is the the modern-day Brian Smith. Brian Smith for Parra in the early 2000s, fantastic coach. You know, we were going nowhere. He brought us right up, you know, took us to a grand final. Very similar trajectory to Brad Arthur, but could never get over the hump. And a lot of people will say, we don't have the players to do it, but to me... I think it's an absolute no-brainer. If we get steamrolled in the first round here, and it, what it looks like it's going to be, we're going to finish either sixth or seventh, probably sixth. We're going to line up against the Raiders in round one and get, and get beaten. If that happens, I think it's the Brad Arthur experience is finished, and I throw all the money at Wayne Bennett. I think it makes too much sense. It Does this Parramatta team and the situation we're in right now not, does not smell of 2010 Dragons? The Dragons were exactly the same thing in those early two in those mid two thousands. A great team could never get over the hump. Was always around the top four, but always ultimately would lose. Wayne Bennett comes in, a couple of tinkers in the roster, win a premiership within three years. To me, it's it's a no brainer if we lose this year in the first round. Wayne Bennett comes straight in, and you know, with a couple of smart moves, we have a lot of players off contract this year. You know, do do we let Ryan Madison walk? You know, do we do we tinker with Dylan Brown and, you know, maybe move him in a deal, whatever it's going to be. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, fair enough. Um, in terms of the Eels, I mean, not the Eels, sorry, the, the Rabdos, you know, the, the current super coach side, um, 
I've, I've said this, you know, pretty much all year. Wayne Bennett coach sides, they seem to be, you know, humming at the right time of the year. They did this last year, you know, obviously the Rabbits haven't, you know, got to that final dance in the grand final past few years, but at least, you know, they go into the finals red hot. If Nathan Cleary is compromised and he doesn't, he's not 100% even when he comes back, the Rabbits have a real shot for the grand final this year. The one thing that I've noticed for them this year, their squad depth is just so good. They had a couple of really nice signings in the offseason. You think to a Josh Mansell, a Jacob Host, a Jai Arrow. These are all guys that have come Benji in. Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall. All guys that have come in and have done a job. You know, if Alex Johnson does the hammy in South for a couple of weeks, you slip him in there. You know, if Cody Walker or Adam Reynolds is the rest, you have Benji Marshall. Jai Arrow, if Ken Murray gets suspended, you put him straight into the lock. It's just, it's a well-rounded team. It's a well-coached team. To me right now, with the uncertainty of Nathan Cleary, I think they're the clear number two side in the comp. And what and the reason why I kind of want to focus on the Paris side more than the Rabbits, the Rabbits are just going to keep rolling here. They've got the Titans next week. Not going to surprise me if they put 30, 40 on the Titans next week with the way they defend. So from the Rabbits, I think that you're absolutely cheering for your Rabbits because this has opened up dramatically for you. There's a real chance to get to a grand final. Yeah, um, you know, you, you see the hurt, in, especially, you know, someone like Damien Cook. And, you know, you know, this is um, Adam Reynolds last year. You, you feel like, you know, the master coach might have something up his sleeve for, for this one. 100%. Let's move on to the Saturday games. Now, these were some fascinating games and some real spectacles here. So we'll run through them. <laughs> so Warriors 18 defeating the Sharks 16. Good performance by the Warriors to really hold on, you know, with a couple, with three Simbians in the end. But Kate, let's start with Kane Evans. What was he? Obviously, with all the talk about uh, Bill Chambers being an absolute pest, um, Kane tried to put two on the chin, but just you know couldn't connect and got got a couple of uh, symbions there. Yeah, well, you know what he had written on his wrist a few weeks ago, hold some cunt. So you know, I guess Will Chambers was the other end of that uh, this week. Yeah, hundred percent. And it was a good performance. I thought Reese Walsh had his best game in quite a few yeah. weeks. Uh, you know, a lot of pundits were really thinking, has um, the league kind of figured him out from his hot start? But he's just one of those kids that's going to get better and better and really figure out the game. I thought you were naked on an edge. I did say in the in the, in the the preview, I thought that was a masterstroke and you kind of looked at that, that edge as a real weapon for the Warriors. So I was really happy to see that come out. But from the Sharks, you know, this was a winnable game and they could have really cemented themselves in the top eight. And to let this one slip away, it really shows uh, that, to me, this season now rests on how quickly Matt Moylan can come back and be this primary playmaker in this side. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, Trindle has been good. Connor Tracy at 5'8". Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people liked his performances, I think, you know, back when he was, you know, outside backs, you know, the, the edges, um, the wing, the centre spot. With Matt Moylan, I guess, you know, do, do you see him slipping into 5A, Connor Tracy going back to the outside backs? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, I think so. I think I think you have to. I think Will Chambers probably gets a rest. Uh, Connor Tracy will move into the centres. <laughs> and I think Matt Moylan goes straight into the six. He's the primary playmaker. You let, um, I think what you saw with Braden Trindle, when Sean Johnson was there, Shawnee was able to organise a lot and Trindle just played off the cuff. With this yeah. side right now, he doesn't have that luxury because Connor Tracy isn't that organized and that creator. So I think it's going to be really, really important. He's been listed amongst the reserves the last two weeks, but I think they really do need Matt Moylan here to come back and really try and um, 
win the season for them, basically, because they're in that logjam there. The Warriors are not out of it amazingly. The Warriors, this was a big win to stay. This was a lose-leaves-town match for them, uh, and they've got a nice run coming home. So there's a real chance that the Warriors, similar to the Knights, how we talked about, if they can win out here, there's an absolute chance that they can make the A. Just They're going to have, need some lucky breaks, and they need Reese Walsh to keep being the fantastic player that he is. Yeah, mathematically, there's definitely still a chance. Let's go on to the next game, Nom. It was the Panthers 20 defeating the Roosters 14. An absolute slugfest. But to me, I kind of want to talk about this game from the fact that my my opinion of Matt Burton has changed about 17 times this year. I thought he's the next great half into the Bulldogs made a huge mistake, into he can win the Bulldogs a premiership, into I don't think he is better than Kyle Flanagan. I've had so many different takes. But I think after this game right here against this opposition, and to me, in the flow of the game, the Roosters actually were the better team overall. But Matt Burton won this game. Yeah, I think, you know, in his very short career, this is his, his best performance, match-winning performance. You know, he, um, you know, he, he made Luai look, you know, take, take a back step there. You know, Luai's supposed to be, you know, have the seven on the back. But, you know, Matt Burton pretty much took this team on his shoulder and, um, yeah, won it for them. The way he runs, the like his kicking game is it's so much different to Mitch Moses and his long kicking game. You know, we were pinned inside our 40. You know, Mitch has that long bomb, that long bombing kick. But Burns is, it doesn't even matter if he's inside his own 30 or 40. It's an attacking kick the way he kicks it. He's always, he's never going end over end. With Burns, he's always trying to put a bit of spiral on it, trying to hit the belly of the ball. You know, even if he needs to pull it up towards a 30, he just, I don't know. To me, he's he's easily we got the best kicking game in the comp, and it's not even close. And what he did in this game, like you said, Jerome Luai kind of took a back seat here. He was just a lot of one out passing, turning guys under. Whereas Burton, the the, the play that he did, where uh, I think it was Sam Walker tackled him, and they were on their forty. Burton took the ball from dummy half, went himself. There was no markers, split the gap. Just that type of instinct is. Yeah, like I said, I, I tipped the Roosters in this game. I was pretty confident watching the game. You know, the flow of the attack, I thought Manu was a beast. Teddy had a great game. Sam Walker, not so much. Uh, but, you know, all the big guns for the Roosters were having great games. And it was really, from the Panther side, Coruscant, Edwards, Luai, Martin, none of those guys had a great game. It was literally up to Matt Burton uh, to carry them, and he did. And it was very, very impressive. They're, they're not going to be out. If Nathan Cleary's compromised, there's still a chance. And I think that's because Matt Burton can show that he's up for this game. Yeah, look, I think, you know, obviously Cleary was the big out here, but you know what they're really missing is is Brian Tall, you know, outside back, bringing the ball out, you know, Charlie Staines and, um, uh, was it Taylor? Taylor May? May. Um, not quite the same out there, was it? Yeah, the, the go forward meters. And I thought this game, the, the other guy that did actually stand up that I was surprised because, He's not really a big game player, but I thought Kikau was pretty pretty immense in this game. Um, really, a couple of big runs when they needed it um, for the Panthers. You know, this was this was a fantastic win. You know, you had every right to, you have every right to lose this game, uh, but they held in held in tough, got the job done. A couple of big defensive efforts, um, and yeah, from the Rooster side, yeah, like I've been saying in the group chat these last couple of weeks, Roosters are playing with house money here. They should not be here in this competitive with how, how their roster has been decimated with 
retirements and injuries and suspensions. So, you know, it just shows that if they get into the finals, you know, they're fifth place and they win their first round matchup and they get into a, a game against Manly or the Rabbits in round two, they're absolutely up for the fight and they can make a prelim final. They can make a grand final, uh, you know, because they're one of those teams, well coached, some quality players still left in the side, they can get the job done. Yeah, they just don't know when to give up, do they? They, um, yeah, they're always pretty much in the game, and in the end, there wasn't much in this game. Like, I mean, it was three tries each. It mainly just came down to your goal kicking. That's it. Get on to the last game on Saturday. It was probably for me one of the top three games of the year. Storm twenty eight defeating Manly eighteen, and we all wondered throughout the week how would uh, Melbourne stop Tommy Turbo? You know, were they just going to completely take him out? The, the qualities of the great players, no matter how the coaching game plan is set up, they can still beat that. Turbo was immense in this game, kept a minute. The defense, I thought, for Melbourne was fantastic. But in the end, Nom, Melbourne just too classy once again. Yeah, look, they just know how to close out these games, don't they? And um, Manly, I mean, you know, they were 8 all at halftime and, you know, they came out and they scored. They actually came out on top, didn't they? They were, you know, on, they had... um. Six points in front at one point, but yeah, again, you know, I think you know that that monster um, uh, try was maybe a bit lucky, but um, look, they the storm just know how to win. They don't know how to lose. They're on seventeen straight now. It's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and it's such an interesting time for the storm because they've been playing so good this year, best attacking team of all time, but they're they're in this weird stage of trying to integrate Pappenhausen into the lineup. You've also got Nico Hines, who's been probably the third, fourth best player all season. And, you know, you're, you're benching him to bring in a guy who was the best player in the first five rounds of the year. Then mm. obviously had his head injury. So it's such a delicate time for them. You've obviously then got Brandon Smith, who's probably been the best nine all year. And you bring in Harry Grant, who, you know, last year was the best young nine in the game. You know, they're trying to integrate these guys. And I think from the hooking rotation, it's working perfectly now. Brandon Smith's moving that forward rotation. Grant's running through the middle. But I think... Melbourne is especially these last three weeks has been really let down in, you know, they they've been able to really finish off some teams. Uh, but Pappenhausen is still trying to come back from his injury. Nico Hines, you can tell he's a momentum type of guy. He needs the ball in his hands and he's getting hooked in these games. So they were able to come out here. And like you said, after the after the halftime, Ruben Garrick scored that try and they took the lead. Um, so that they, they were well up for the fight. And if they, we and Munster said in the in the post game, you know, we we will see them in the in the finals, and it's going to be a tough game. And I do believe that. You know, I think this was a preview. I thought, you know, Manly did a couple of really weird things in attack, uh, really try to go down the Kieran Four inside a little bit too much for my liking. Um, Schuster has got to learn to pass the ball, and I thought, you know, some of their forwards, you know, obviously lost Paseca, Alawai looks undercooked. There's a couple of things that Manly can do to improve, so I'm not ruling Manly out at all. If they versus Melbourne again, I still think Melbourne are the prohibitive favourites, but I think Manly is definitely one of those top four sides that can, you know, make some damage in the finals. Yeah, it's it's scary that, uh, um, you yeah, know, this Manly side ha- still has a few gears, uh, you know, up their sleeves because, um, like you said, they 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 definitely still had room for improvement there, and yeah, admittedly, in this game, I feel like you know. The storm did get a lot of the 50-50 calls their way as well. Uh, yeah, it's just unfair really with the storm. They've got like you know two of the best hookers and two of the best 
best fullbacks um, you know, at the expense there. Hundred percent, and then you got some of the forwards to come back. You've obviously got Solomona, uh, Kamikamika. You've also got uh, Kafuzi was out in this game, suspended. In the backs, George Jennings still has to come back and replace Aramia there. So they're they're loaded. They're going to make a huge finals push. It's going to be very very interesting to see there how they're going to handle the last couple of rounds with rest and things like that. If they do to get the minor premiership wrapped up, but let's go on to the last two games on Sunday. It was the Tigers twenty eight defeating the Bulldogs sixteen. In a really, uh, don't even know how to describe this game. I wouldn't say it was dour. There was some entertainment there, but wasn't the best game uh, quality game of footy. Um, Let's just say it, it, it watched like a dogs and tigers game, especially after you oh. know us watching you know, Eagles and Storms and Roosters and Panthers the night before. Hundred percent. But for me, this is your boy Adam Dewey. He's just honestly, he's single carryly. He's single handedly carrying this side because in attack, when the ball is not in Adam Dewey's hands, they do look lost. Yeah, he, he looks good there. Um, you know, he's pretty much, you know, I guess Adam Dewey's become my new boy after I traded him for uh, Nathan Cleary here. But um, yeah, Adam Dewey, he, he's not afraid to, you know, if he sees an opportunity, he's willing to, you know, take the ball on and, um, and he's, he's attacking kicks. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he set one up for Tommy Tavau. He's, um, He's, he looks the goods at five eight there for for the Tigers. Like I just want to quickly do this exercise now. I didn't didn't even think about it until we started talking there. Let's let's kind of go through and just say we'll go through all the teams five eights. I want to see how high we have um, Adam Dewey as a five eight in the comp right now because I think he's going to get better and better. So he's not better than Munster. We agree with that. No. He's better than Jerome Luai. On form currently, yes. Okay, so. We'll, we'll keep a note of that. So he's better than one. Cody Walker, probably say no. No. But he's better than Dylan Brown. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say Luke Keery is healthy next year. Would you oh, prefer you Luke Keery still? To Keery. Okay, that's three better. Kieran Ford? I, I, think, I think so. Just on form and, you know, the, the fact that he's got younger legs in him. Ash Taylor? Oh, yeah, for sure. Jack Wyden? On form, yes. Jay Clifford? Yep. Matt Moylan? Yep. Corey Norman? Yep. Uh, Warriors? Let's go Nicarima? Yep. Drinkwater? Yeah. Avrillo? Yeah. And Gamble? Yeah. So right now we're saying he's the fourth best 5A in the comp. If you said to me that before the start of the season, I would not have believed you. But the way he's playing, he honestly does feel like one of the top five playmakers in the comp. And it's, it's really, you know, when I did pick the Tigers for the wooden spoon this year, it was literally on the fact that they did not have a primary playmaker that could carry them around. And Adam Dewey has shown that he is definitely one of those guys. And to me, his trajectory is going to be, you know, this is his real first full season of uninterrupted, ball in hand playmaking and he's gonna get better and better. This is gonna be a very, very interesting team to follow from the from the Bulldog side, Nom. Oh, this season was always gonna be a write-off and a stepping stone into next year. Do you think that the guys in this team right now are performing below par because they see so many signings coming in next year and they know that their positions are up for up for grabs and they may not be in this side moving forward? I mean you 
if anything, you'd think they'd be playing harder than ever. You know, Dylan Lapar doesn't have a contract. You think they'd be essentially playing for their careers right now because you know they don't have a contract next year and they they want to be. I mean, you know, Nick Meany obviously is going to storm, but I don't think he's given up. Corey Allen, I think he's just been a bit of a um, a fizzle. Um, I could I could go on, but yeah, they've just got a bunch of you know. You got Jack Hamilton who he, he's just a a, uh, <laughs> a bomb waiting to explode, and then it's yeah, it's it's hard to decide. I can't put my finger. I just don't think they have, have the um, the roster. Yeah, they don't have the roster. It's gonna be interesting because we'll get a true sense of. Is Trevor Barrett a good coach next year mm. when they've got all their players there? So, you know, Tigers get the win. They're going to keep their finals hopes alive. The Bulldogs basically wrap up the spoon now, and they're just looking forward to their signings for next year. But let's get into the last game, Nom. It was the Titans 36 defeating the Cowboys 14, and I am severely disappointed in the Cowboys. I actually thought this was a game they could steal. Uh, the way the Titans have been so up and down, I thought the Cowboys, you know, could really... You know, mathematically, they weren't dead. They could have really made a push here to try and, you know, get a result. But it's looking more and more like they're probably going to be 14th, 15th versus 9th or 10th. Yeah, um, you know, you, you thought, you know, Todd Palin, he had he had a few good, I guess, games, you know, middle of the season. But how many have they lost on the trot now? I don't think they've won a game since, you know, Tommy Dearden has uh, set foot in that place. Yeah, it's tough to say that it's all in Dearden, but it just it's so problematic of their attack right now when it's Drinkwater in Dearden, you know, an undercooked foul Holmes at the fullback spot, you know, Reese Robson and Jake Greenville going through their hooker rotation. You know, Jason Tomalolo parked on an edge and got... You, I would have thought if he was on the edge, he would have had at least 15 runs and you know, really try to work over the the, you know, the the halves and the smaller players on those edges, but he actually looked lost and he played the full 80 minutes, which you would think is amazing. But you, know, you look at his stats. He did get the 14, 14 um, runs for 120 meters only. Um, you just would have thought he would have done more. You know, he made 29 tackles. He's the work. I think the, when you look at it on paper, it looks like it was there, but during the game, there was little periods where you're going, he hasn't touched the ball in minutes. Like what's going on here? Yeah, I guess, you know, being out on the edge, it is, it is different to, you know, when he's in the middle, he can just put his hand up. He's sort of, you know, at the mercy of, of essentially the playmakers to actually get them, get the ball out to him wide. So, uh, um, you know, I know Greg Alexander was, was really critical of this on the call, the fact that, you know, he hasn't started in that second row since 2019. And he's only, you know, since 2015, he's only had like about nine or so starts in the second row. So, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, the fact that it's so quick. I mean, you saw, you know, Tom Lodi, he just pretty much just got burnt by, was it AJ Brimson in that game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating to see what he does next year because I, I think it's going to be a very, very critical piece to the Cowboys moving forward is how they utilize Lolo on this huge contract because Todd Payne's come out at the start of the season and made no qualms that he's, He's looking at this as an investment and he's not going to burn out this investment in the first year, which is, you know, not what a lot of people are wanting to hear because they, we want to see that ball wrecking Tom Lolo. But from the Titan side, quickly, Norm, this was definitely the Titan side we thought at the start of the season we could potentially get with all these signings coming in, a forward pack rolling, the halves playing their part, and AJ Brimson looking like 
a top five fullback? Yeah, I think um, I guess someone who has pretty much impressed since his debut is Toby Sexton as well. Mm. I mean, you know, once once um, Jamal Fogarty comes back, you know, does Toby Sexton make way or do you think Ash Taylor makes way? It's very very interesting. Um, I think it will be Sexton. I think Sexton will go out. Mm. Um, to me, a lot of people he flew under the radar. There was a lot of talk about Toby Sexton, but I think Tanner Boyd, who came out with just as much hype. And obviously, he hasn't played a lot of first grade and played a really good first grade. Um, kind of tempered the expectations um, with Toby Sexton, but he's come in and lit the world on fire. His, his passing is very crisp. Uh, his king game is nice, and he's defensively very sound. Um, I'm very surprised a lot of these teams don't really target him a lot more um, in the defensive line to try and really work him over. But he's very smart. You know, he's he gets in there. You know, he had... 12 runs today, which for a half, I'd love to see the, a half take the ball take the, the ball and have a bit of a run. Um, you know, he only made 14 tackles in this game. I'm, I'm just shocked that some of these teams, like especially in this game here, I would have thought they would have just parked Lola on that side and said, have 20 runs at him and let Ash Taylor beat us. But yeah, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. The, the Titans are playing with a bit of house money here. You know, they, they went through a rough stretch. But they're coming, they're coming through with the goods now and they haven't got a bad draw either moving forward for us. They can really wrap up a top eight spot and make some good differentials on their, on their positions here. Yeah, they put on a score today. Um, you know, I guess we do have to, I guess, you know, temper our expectations of the um, Titans just given that I think they've been in dogs last week and the Dragons the week before. So, um but yeah, like you said, they do have a pretty cushy draw coming up as well. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether this Titans team um, does live up to, to the hype and yeah, make that eight this year. 100%. That's it for the eight games. So um, let's quickly just recap the ladder before we go. So the Storm on 38 points outright first. Looks like they're going to be wrapping up the premiership, minor premiership uh, unless they start resting some players. You've then got on 36 points, you've got the Panthers and the Rabbits who now go to equal second. So interesting to see if they can make a bit of a run and get the second place there. Then you've got a log jam on uh, 28. You've got Parramatta and the Roosters on 28. Manly on 26 in sixth place. And this is where the fun starts. On 20 points, you've got the Tides in seventh, the Raiders in eighth, and the Newcastle Knights in ninth. You've then at 10th, you've got the Sharks on 18, the Dragons on 18. Then in 12th, You've got the Warriors on 16 and the in 13th, the Tigers on 16. So they're all the teams that are still in it with a shot. We've, we can now basically eliminate the Cowboys. They're in 14th place on 14 points. The Broncos in 15th place on 12 points. And we'll know next week if the Bulldogs 100% wrap it up, but they're on six points in last place, all but confirmed for the Spoon. So... It's an interesting ladder, and we're going to get a couple of really good weeks of footy coming up. Thanks for coming on, mate, for the round review. Mate, I really enjoyed this one. Always a pleasure. No worries, mate. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back this week. Only going to do the three pods this week. We'll come back with the round review. We've also got a little super coach one. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.